0: Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast.
1: Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome back to the LaughSpin podcast. My name is Mike, and with me, Dylan Godino from LaughSpin.com. Hi, buddy.
2: Hey Mike, how are you? I'm good. That's good. Uh, how's how's theater life, buddy?
1: Oh, it's it's awesome, dude. We opened this week.
2: Oh wait, you opened, you you opened or opened?
1: This open this Friday. Oh, okay, Friday June seventh. We uh, I'm I'm in a production of Spamalot, which I'm very excited about because it's uh, Monty Python, of course, and it's fucking hilarious, and the cast is really good, and we're working really hard, and it should be a lot of fun.
2: That's cool. So, and who yeah. do you play?
1: I am uh, Hank Azaria's part in the oh, original right. cast, Lancelot, which I'm I'm very excited about because I fucking love <laughs> Hank Azaria, and as soon as I found out he did the part, I was like, yes, I'm in. Let's do this. <laughs> big fan, big fan of Hank. Love him. Um, but yeah, so that's going on with me. What
2: about yourself, man? I'm, a lot of things happening. There's a shit ton of uh, of comedy happenings, nice. uh, which is good. Which is good since uh, I run a site. <laughs> that that covers comedy.
1: <laughs> works out for you, right?
2: So it, it works out. Uh, it works out pretty pretty well. The first thing I wanted to mention at the at the top of the show, if you tuned in last week, we announced that we were going to uh, attempt to do contests every single week, and a lot of these contests are going to be tie-ins with our network, All Things Comedy which you could visit at allthingscomedy.com. And this is, it's a podcast network, but it's it's growing to be more than just a podcast network. For now, you could listen to many, many great podcasts. Bill Burr's on there, Tom Papa, Eddie Pepitone. The list goes on and on. So last week, we gave out a, a free download to Eddie Pepitone's documentary, The Bitter Buddha. And this week, we are going to give a free download of comedian Dave Anthony's, Album, which uh, is called Shame Chamber, it's out June eighth, and Dave Anthony is part of the Walking the Room podcast, uh, which is part of our network. And just like last week, this is this is how we're going to do this. You guys are going to send in a rant. And this rant doesn't literally have to be you screaming at us, but it's basically what has excited you most about the comedy world this week or in the last few weeks. It doesn't have to be exactly this week. So this is what you're going to do. We have a phone number that you can call a Google phone number. It 43 two four zero four three 240-43-LAGH. And what you're going to do is you're going to keep it to a minute or less, and you're just going to try to convince us that whatever you're most excited about is super cool and super fun. Last week, the winner called in and made a joke about Michael J. Fox, which was very funny. So we, we like that. So yes, again- Be funny. Be creative. Yeah. With it. Yeah. And I made Mike choose the winner. So maybe we'll do that again next week. Cool. I liked it. So that's it, Two four zero four three laugh laff uh, is the number to call. You call in and you say, hey, I heard the Laugh Spoon podcast. This is what I'm excited about. And you could go and say anything you want and you will get, uh, if we choose you as our favorite, you will get a download of Shame Chamber, which is Dave Anthony's new album that's out June 8th. And to get you guys really excited, we're going to play a few minutes from that album.
0: We ended up making one. So we had a kid. We had a baby. (laughs) And uh, have you ever seen a birth? Have you experienced a birth? Wonderful, no. It's so horrible. Birth is horrifying. A person comes out of a person. So I don't care how you want to talk about it, that's fucked up beyond words. It'd be like if you turn it on on like a TV, the birth, a person comes out of a person, oh fuck. That sounds crazy. I'm going to turn that shit on. (laughs) So, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm like, I don't, I didn't, like, ideally, I like the old days where you're out in the room and they go, hey, Mr. Anthony, you had a baby. Great. And you put cigars in people's mouths and you you go down to get whiskey. So, because I'm just terrified of the whole thing. So, I, in my head, you know, I didn't want to see... The business down there what was happening once the baby came out all good but i didn't actually want to see it i'd just be up up my wife coaching her through it you know in my head i could just be up there but then we got in the room and i was like oh shit my wife's not like ni- 19 feet long <laughs> like she's like a normal little person <laughs> so i can actually see out of the corner of my eye whatever's oh. going on and and uh so the doctor was super into me looking like she was she, told, like, she walked in, and she's like, hey, do you guys want a big mirror? Like a giant mirror? Like a, what, like a clown house mirror? Where the vagina's like, I'm a giant! And I was like, no, you're a pervert. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So she keeps trying to get me to look. The doctor's like, "Oh, she loves the idea of, of me seeing the whole thing. So she's like, oh, no. She keeps saying stuff, and I look over. I'm like, what? She's like, hey. So then... At one point, she goes, it's really close to the end. And she goes, oh, God! And I go, what? And I look over, and his head is out, just to right, right, like the bridge of the nose. Just right there. And he shoots one eye open and looks right at me. And I'm like, oh, God, we're having a creep. We're having an awful little person. Put a fucking eye patch on him or something. He's terrible. And here's the deal. And this like goes for everybody. If you're, if you're in my wife's vagina, let's not make eye contact. You know? Let's not have a conversation. Let's just, let's pretend like we're both not there. And then afterwards, we can have a little chat about whatever. You know?
2: There you have it. Dave Anthony, Shame Chamber. Make sure you call in 240 43 laugh to try to win a free download of that album. I should also mention, not only does he do Walking the Room, he does another podcast called The Dollop, which is at com. You can check out Dave Anthony at daveanthonycomedy.com. He's going to be on Marin on IFC on June 14th. That's very exciting. You could follow him on Twitter. You might have heard of Twitter, at Dave Anthony. And that's it. So support Dave, support us, support all things comedy.
1: Very nice. The other thing, too, that you had to talk about, there was a little bit of news about Kathy Griffin breaking a record. What, oh. what, is, what is this about, man? This yeah. is kind of, I, I kind of get it,
2: but I don't understand why. Who Who's keeping track of this shit? This is, <laughs> yeah. So Kathy Griffin, and if you've listened to this show before, you know I... I don't have a beef with Kathy Griffin personally. I don't understand her her popularity. Bravo has aired a new special of Kathy Griffin's, and it's her 16th stand-up comedy special. It's called Calm Down Girl. And apparently she broke a record, which was the highest number of hour-long stand-up comedy specials, mm-hmm. which... I don't know, is only a record because uh, you could easily count the number of stand-up comedy specials. So she was doing an interview um, with Entertainment Weekly and she just said a few things that I I kind of wanted to address. So she says, I was so excited to learn from somebody that I had broken a record because I was doing another interview and we were talking about females in stand-up and they were wondering, is there sexism? And I was like, fuck yes, what are you fucking thinking? So, I am very sort of proud of this accomplishment. Not any diss to the late, great George Carlin, in parentheses, who previously held the record, of course, but I just feel like when I say to people that I truly feel as a woman in stand-up, you just have to be more prolific, you have to work harder and jump higher, I definitely don't make the same money the boys make, and there's a lot of, oh, hey, that's speculation, and I feel like this is the kind of concrete way to say, oh, no, I had to do 16 stand-up comedy specials while everyone else was talking about some guy who does one every five years like he's the second coming. Oh, so, wow. Yeah.
1: That's, okay, I have some Ridiculous. problems with that too.
2: Okay, here's, here's my first thing. My first thing is, Kathy, and anybody else who gives a shit about a record like this, you were putting way too much stock in quantity over quality. Ooh, the, f- the, the, fat, the fact that you have crapped out 16 stand-up comedy specials crapped. means nothing. I mean, she signed a deal with Bravo. I don't, I don't know if it's an ongoing, multi-year type of deal, but I know at least for one year, her deal was, part of her development deal over at, at Bravo was that she was going to do a special every quarter. So that means every few months... She would do a stand-up comedy special. Now, am I saying these stand-up comedy specials are terrible? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying she's a terrible comedian. What I'm saying is there is a vast difference between a Kathy Griffin stand-up comedy special and a George Carlin comedy special or... A Jim Gaffigan comedy special or a Lewis Black comedy special or a Lewis C.K. comedy special, whom I imagine are the people she's referencing without saying their names. What Kathy Griffin does is a very topical, fleeting type of stand-up comedy. It is not something that you are going to go back to and listen to Over and over and over again, you know, five, ten years from now, the same way that real comedy fans are going to listen to Jim Gaffigan's albums or Lewis Black's album. What they do is like finely crafted written material that they try out all year for two years and then they put it out and then they immediately start on their next hour. So I'm not sure why she feels it is so important that she has 16 comedy specials when, quote, she says, everyone else was talking about this, some guy who does one every five years. Yeah. First of all, none of the people that I mentioned are even that slow in putting them out. And even if they were, we are talking about comedy on a whole different plane. And it has nothing to do with her being a a girl and these guys that I'm talking about being guys. It has everything to do with the quality of the comedy that's being put out there Uh,
1: yeah i i do agree with you however my argument on the case is is something a little bit it's a little bit less about talent and a little bit more about circumstance the fact that she has 16 stand-up specials is circumstantial only because she was lucky enough to sign such an agreement with such a company that will allow something of the sort put anybody in her place as signing such a such an agreement and they they then break the record the fact that many comedians today do an hour's worth of material that can easily be a stand up special however they don't have a cable company willing to record it every quarter or every year or whatever or twice a year or something like along those lines a network like hbo or showtime doesn't revel in producing specials from the same comic Right. Uh, once a quarter or once a year even. One of the things that they cherish is the fact that they want to get the best performers in the game today to get their specials. So a variety of specials from the best comics working today. That's their motive. Just because she happened to be in a circumstance where a network was willing to give her X amount of specials made that record possible. I, I see. I think it has less to do. I, mean, I, I think in, the weight of it has less to do with who the person is than right place at the right time. You see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I do see what you're saying, but I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll give her, I'll give her credit that I mean, I, I, I think I disagree with you a, a little bit there because, I mean, obviously, she, you know, Kathy Griffin has a following, and Bravo loves her. I don't think anybody. Could have gotten such a deal. You don't think
1: CMT could have struck a same deal with uh, Larry the Cable Guy? Probably could. Ha- I, I guess if that. I mean, all those Blue Comedy tours that they that they promoted, and they they should. Does that does that count for close to that record? Because there's got to be there's got to be a I, dozen of those. No, there's not. There's. <laughs> I think there's only four. Whatever feels like a fucking dozen. Um, <laughs> but but do you know what I mean? Like it. Just because. And and what about, okay, so then what about, you know, the stuff that people put out online? Does that count towards the record? No, it doesn't. Why? Who, it's so, it's very subjective. Well, I mean, yeah. I feel it's just very subjective and very circumstantial, honestly.
2: Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I think more, I think more importantly is, is that, uh, I don't, it's not, She she's trying to use the fact that she's done 16 of these things. As some sort of benchmark, as some sort of proof... that That she's a quality comedian. And I'm saying, I don't think she is an amazingly talented stand-up comedian. However, um, the fact that she did 16 of these things, you know, doesn't speak to um, her ability as a comedian. It just speaks to her ability to want to do... You know a stand-up special every every right. four months every three months
1: right right
2: um right exactly and, mo- that's and I- most comedians most comedians who respect the craft um of of stand-up comedy would never dream of doing an hour a new hour of stand-up
1: well that's what that's what I was every about. few months right i was about to say that you give any you give anybody else the contract clauses that she's been given to bravo and you give anybody else that is considered one of the elites um that same opportunity and i guarantee you that a lot of them would have there might be a few that would take it but a lot of them would have a very hard time within themselves to produce such an amount of material in such a short period of time um exactly what you're saying you respect the craft you know yada yada but my biggest, I, I, this is the last thing and then I I, I want to move on, but my biggest thing with this whole thing is that she's, <laughs> it feels like a very sly and very hard diss to George Carlin. And that's not one who puts out every five years like he's the second coming. Guess what? For a lot of people, including myself, George Carlin was the fucking second coming. <laughs> he was, he was amazing. He, he you know, his specials were revered because they were looked forward to because they were anticipated and he never let to me never let me down you know it was it was never a letdown because just like you said he put in the work to perfect it to then produce it and the fact of matter is that he was able to put out as many as he did in his lifetime makes him the arnold palmer uh or, or, or jack nicholas of the craft Kathy Griffin seems to have just this fast track to, just get it out, just get it out, just get it out. It seems like the asterisk steroid <laughs> version, right, of comedy specials. But I mean, it's, it's honestly, just, it's, it's, it's a, a silly
2: thing. It's a it is it's a very silly thing. It's a different type of comedy. To me, it's more like the stand up specials she does. They're they're more like you know quarterly check ins with her. They're right. not they're not like these these fully fleshed out stand-up comedy shows it's more like she has a talk show and every few months it airs that's 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 sort of what it's like yeah but anyway you're right let's move on
1: okay all right we're gonna get into some comedy news then please comedy news will ferrell's mini-series parody for ifc featuring Kristen wigg jessica alba tim robbins and more guys will ferrell's getting into ifc which ifc is doing some great work lately you know, not only Marin, but uh, th- th- showing out some great documentaries. Speaking of Monty Python, they've been showing a, the multi-episode Monty Python documentary, which has been f- phenomenal, ah. absolutely phenomenal. I don't know if you've been watching that. No, um, it's really, really good. It's really, it's really cool to see. Will Farrell now joining the ranks. What's, what do you got on this?
2: This is this is going to be great. I believe it just started production. I believe it's going to premiere in january of next year so it's a uh it's a parody of the the mini which were a lot more popular a few decades ago <laughs> um and many times these mini were based on these like really like horribly written romance novels so basically what they've done is they've created a fake writer his name is eric john rosh and <laughs> It's a mini it's a 6 episode miniseries based on a fake book written by this fake writer and it's centered on these oil tycoons in this family the Morehouse family uh, and it's going to follow Jonas Morehouse who's played by Tim Robbins and his daughter who's played by Kristen Wig and Toby mcguire plays the adopted brother Will Ferrell plays the Shah of Iran you can go to Lastm.com. there's a very short teaser video on there a huge cast and uh i i predict that this is going to be uh one of the the comedy television events of the year of oh,
1: 2014 oh snap you heard it here first man you heard it here Alrighty, sad to report, although she lived a very, very, very full and long life. Jean Stapleton, Edith from All in the Family, died over the week at the age of 90. Again, you may know her as uh, Edith Bunker from All in the Family. She was in a, a lot of movies later on. I remember she was in uh, You Got Mail with, mm-hmm. with, yep. uh, with Meg Ryan. Um, but uh, more known for her uh, amazing role as uh, Archie's wife in All in the Family, passed away at the age of 90. Uh anything you want to add to this? I know you got some stuff on uh on Last Spin I I read uh the other day.
2: Yeah, I mean you guys can check out the full post on Last Spin, but um yeah, you know, I'm never sad when when people like her die cuz I mean they they that's it. They won. They fucking won life. Yeah. Uh she was awesome. She along with You know, people who came after her, you know, like Mary Tyler Moore and and Valerie Harper and and Carol Burnett and Mm -hmm. all those people. uh, I know I'm forgetting people, but like, you know, just women in the world of comedy. I mean, she was such an ass kicker. Like she played that role so well. And not only did she play, you know, the dingbat, but they, I mean, she was classically trained. She was, she Mm -hmm. grew up in the theater. Uh, and they knew that. And Norman Lear, you know, they gave her some really, for as progressive as that show was, it was even more progressive because they gave her some pretty fucking heavy storylines. The one where she almost gets raped, she has a, a breast cancer scare. I mean, we're talking about a time in television when. None of this, none of this was was talked about, and that show did it, and she was a huge part of that the whole Norman Lear series of shows because after that the Jeffersons came groundbreaking mm-hmm. uh, good time I should say good times came first, then the Jeffersons to me, she was a very important figure in the world of comedy
1: yeah, absolutely and and unbelievable chemistry between uh, her and Carol Connor as well I mean oh God, you want yeah. you, you want to watch something that holds up. Watch some old episodes of All in the Family. It's Carol Connors just amazing. He's really he's one of the greatest TV characters ever in the history of TV. Seriously,
2: absolutely agree.
1: Bob Newhart's going to be honored as an icon at the Critics' Choice Awards. Plus, we got a whole bunch of nominees here for the third annual Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, yeah, yeah. What pops out to you in some of these no- nominees? Obviously, first we're going to talk about Newhart. He's receiving the title of television icon at this year's. Critics' Choice Award. Uh, the eighty-three-year-old man is been a steady figure on TV and movies for years, years, and and uh, Newhart, another show that is probably revered as one of the, the best sitcoms of all time. Bob Newhart. He's a to me, he's an acquired taste, but uh, but when you finally get it, it's really good. Not only that, uh, we got a full list of nominees here, but does anything pop out to you? Is is
2: uh, something that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Louie is nominated for Best Comedy Series. He's up against Parks and Rec. Uh, which definitely deserves it. Veep is in there. Big Bang Theory, of course. Mm. And Lewis is up for best actor in a comedy series. Amy Poehler would be my pick for best actress. She's up. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, comedy nominees that you guys can check out. The full list is on laughsman.com. So that's going down uh, June 10th in Los Angeles, and it's going to be live streamed on Ustream. So that's cool. Oh, cool. June 10th. And Retta, who plays Donna from Parks and Rec, is hosting. So that should be fun.
1: Awesome. That's great. I'm putting my one vote behind Patton Oswalt for his best guest performer in a comedy series on Parks and Recreation. If you haven't seen the outtakes of his filibuster during that scene <laughs> in Parks and Rec, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And uh, he did an incredible job as a guest performer on, uh, in a comedy series. And he should win. Damn it! All right, now we got a little bit of audio, right? Yeah. What is what is this? Explain this, sir, because I love so, the, I
2: love the name of this fucking album. So there's a uh, there's an ongoing live show in L.A. that happens. It happens every Tuesday in L.A. It's called Holy Fuck. <laughs> and uh it's a um you know some of the best comics in la go up and do short sets eight to ten minute sets and uh what they've done since it's a it's been a long-running show it's a popular show uh the good folks at a rooftop comedy who put out a shit ton of albums every year <laughs> uh they put out a double live holy fuck album there is uh, just just a ton of comedy. I think there's almost like three hours of comedy on here. Wow. Uh, so you should definitely pick it up. There's uh, so many great comics on it. Up and coming well, and well-known, well you know, up and comers mixed with people like Dana Gould and, and Moshe Kasher and, uh, and Natasha Leggero, who we're going to listen to now. Here you go. Hi.
3: What's happening? All last week, there's like an expose about a bicyclist. Who the fuck cares about Lance Armstrong? And by the way, I would need to be on a briefcase full of drugs to enjoy a bicycle race. (laughs) I turn on the TV, there's an expose about this girl who's addicted to cheesy potatoes. Everybody's addicted to cheesy potatoes. (laughs) It's on TLC. It's like part of like, there's another show they have called uh, My Strange Addiction. Have you seen this one? Where people who are like, pretend they're addicted to things that are not addictions. Like this girl's like, I can't stop eating toilet paper. (laughs) And this other girl's like, well I can't stop eating dryer sheets. A good place to sneak in dryer sheets is the movie theater. I'm like, it's not illegal to eat dryer sheets. (laughs) Ma'am. You can just walk on in with those. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, the best one I saw was this woman. Her name was Charmisa. And you know her parents meant to call her Charisma, but they spelled it wrong. So now she's just going with Charmisa. She's addicted to eating her couch. So her roommates leave, she gets on the floor, she opens up the couch, and all the time, TLC's making it sound like this is, you know, like these are dangerous addictions that should not be attempted at home. She's eating her couch. Charmisa has been addicted to cushion for over three years. Over the course of her addiction, she's eaten 29 chairs, a bunk bed, and a settee. I would rather be living under a bridge with a part-time job as a sign holder than be addicted to eating the couch. (laughs) Please man, I'll suck your dick for a futon. (laughs) And then she's this other girl on the show, she's like addicted to sleeping with her blow dryer on in between her legs. (laughs) I tried it. (laughs) I just had to know. I mean, it was a nice sensation, but I don't think I would, I would let it tear apart my marriage. <laughs> I'm trying, I've been putting tassels on stuff. I have, um, I have one on my lighter. I just put one on my rape whistle. <laughs> that is not gonna save me, is it? <laughs> All that's gonna do is just make some cheerleaders stop what they're doing. Start over. I put a tassel on my vibrator, but that one just turned into a dreadlock, so. Okay, thanks so much. I'm Natasha.
1: And there you are, Natasha Leggero from uh, Holy Fuck. <laughs> love it. Just love saying it. Who are you guys going to see tonight? Oh, I don't know, holy fuck. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Dan Harmon is returning to community. Question mark. We hinted about this last week and then it was yeah. kinda like on again off again. What's the latest, man? You got you got uh
2: some breaking news kind of, sort of? The the latest the latest is that he tweeted out that he is definitely coming back to community. And mm-hmm. this is me trying to pretend I care about this. <laughs> I know everybody everybody cares about it. I mean you post anything about Dan Harmon and it gets like a million shares. Right. So so, that's why I'm telling you guys that Dan Harmon, who was ousted at the end of season three, is coming back. Okay. After season four.
1: Great. Good for him. Whatever. Make the show good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> the show, I, I, just didn't see, I just didn't see any difference in the show.
1: Yeah. No, I, I saw a little, but only because I was looking for it you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it, it, I think I think honestly I think if I didn't know or I didn't care, I wouldn't have even realized it was different. Yeah, it, me neither. I would not really it was different. So finally, here uh, we have. <laughs> this was on Last Bin, uh not too long ago. Feminist writer debates Jim Norton, calls comedy clubs dark basements full of angry men, comma makes rape joke. <laughs>
2: You, sir, are a wordsmith. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so this is uh, this has been going on. I mean, this has been ongoing, you know, rape jokes and all, you know, should comedians tell rape joke? Is it possible to, to tell a rape joke and, and have it be OK? So it, this just kind of it, it got under my skin a little bit. So Lindy West, who's a, um, a writer at, at Jezebel and Jim Norton, who we all know debated on totally biased with W Kamau Bell, you know, for 5 minutes on the show. There's a 16-minute version that you definitely should check out. It's on lastman.com. I wrote a little bit of an editorial about it uh, on the site that that you can read. But here's my thing. During the course of this 16-minute debate, Jim was respectful. He was intelligent. He he took I mean, I understand it was a comedy show and there was a few laughs, but he took the conversation by and large pretty seriously. And my main complaint, and I have nothing against Lindy. I don't know Lindy West. I've, I've read some of her things on Jezebel. I'm not attacking her uh, in any way. But here's my thing. You are not going to win over people that do not agree with you if you shrug your shoulders throughout the debate If you act flippant throughout the debate, if you make, and this is the worst part, if you make incredibly absurd, broad generalizations Mm. about things, because if you are truly, and I know feminists are going to yell at me because I'm I'm trying to, they're going to say I'm trying to dictate what feminists should say and, and what how they should act. But I'm not talking solely about feminists. I'm talking about anybody who feels marginalized and is marginalized and is put in a position as a representative of that marginalized group and they make generalizations. The whole reason you're there is to refute generalizations about whatever marginalized group you're in. And Mm. so when you make generalizations, it kind of, it deflates the entire point you're trying to make. So when she, and we're going to listen, we're going to listen to this, this clip, but she describes comedy clubs as quote, dark basements full of angry men. (laughs) You cannot convince comedy fans who maybe are not feminists, to, to listen to you, if you're going to make such a ridiculous comment like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. throughout the 16 minute interview, Jim Norton was very careful. He could have said a million things. If you're even semi-familiar with his comedy, he's got strong opinions. He could say horribly disgusting things. But he didn't do it because maybe he was thinking about the people who don't know him. And he was maybe trying to convince people that don't know him to understand what he's trying to say. And that's my main problem with the way this debate was handled uh, from the feminist perspective. So let's listen to uh, W. Kamau. He's going to ask a question and we'll hear Lindy's response.
0: So, I mean, that's the question. I mean, other people say it's like, you know, are comedy clubs inherently hostile environments for women? Uh, Well, they are uh, dark basements full of angry men. So, uh, I mean, just on a fundamental level, it's not an awesome place to be. And people are drinking. Uh, Yeah, people are drunk. And then there's just a dude on the stage being like, hey, wouldn't it be hilarious if everyone raped that girl? And then everyone laughs. And then, uh, by the way, sometimes everyone does rape that girl. And that's a thing that really happens in the world like I don't mean that the people in that club then like rally and they're like oh I'm not doing anything but I mean <laughs> like in the broader scheme of the world this is a thing that happens and it's actually really trivial trivializing to say that mocking and exploiting a rape victims trauma to her face because there will be women in that audience and probably men who've been sexually assaulted is the same as like making fun of a thing Like it's (laughs) not the same.
2: So there's my 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 second complaint. She makes a rape joke. She makes a rape joke Mm. She makes a rape joke and then goes on to say You cannot trivialize a rape uh, the way a rape victim feels She made a rape joke yeah, I mean that. What she said about I'm not saying the people at the club are going to rape that person, and then she looks at her watch like, "Hey, I'm not doing anything." Right. You know that that was a joke. It was a good joke. Yeah. She's talking about you know tri- trivializing rape victims' uh, feelings, and then she she does the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. So I I don't I don't understand how we're supposed to take this argument seriously
1: yeah and i agree the one thing that i not only the generalization of everything that, that i just don't i don't get but I, I don't well i get it because everybody does it you know you can't i, I can't be uh, thrown stones here but i never like dealing with and some being in a debate with somebody like this is is probably the most frustrating thing to somebody like Jim who is not only has an open mind but also like you said is very opinionated but I never like getting into debates with people that will not be persuaded when they are clearly wrong about something they simply punch their ticket one way and they refuse to stray no matter how wrong somebody down the line on the card is yeah I write all of these people off (laughs) basically because they represent to me the extreme end of something that I'd ra- much rather deal with the people that understand what it is to be in the middle or understand what it is to be closer to the other end of whatever, of whatever spectrum they, they are arguing about or standing up for. When you are completely one way, you are completely turning your back to millions of other people that do not feel the same way you do, or maybe have a hint of the way that you feel, but you've completely turned them off with your absoluteness. That's just, and I don't know if that's even a word, but just, you cannot not have gray. There has to be gray. (laughs) And I don't like dealing with people like this. So just in her comments alone, in that little clip, tells me that this is somebody that no matter what, no matter what great, funny, existential piece of wisdom you th- you throw at this person, they're they're not going to sway. It's just it's it's not going to happen. So why bother?
2: Yeah, I mean that I I think that's part of it. I I think and she has written about this before on Jezebel, and she's and she's made good points, and she's not dumb. Like it, it, as far as comedy goes she knows she knows a lot of 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 what she 's talking about
1: but the, but um, it, but at the same time, uh, let me ask you this is she a stand up does she do stand up
2: i I read somewhere that she does do i think she does stand up i i 'm not sure i don 't want to uh, you know i 't want to say yes or no if she I feel does like i i feel like I read some things where she 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 does do comedy if she does okay great and my main i mean to be clear, my main complaint about this entire thing. Is, is the handling, is, is the way the debate is being handled from the feminist perspective. And mm. in this case, she represents the feminist perspective. And you know, by agreeing to be on, on Totally Biased, she kind of accepted that position as a, as a sort of representative. Mm. And after the debate, now I should mention this. So Jim Norton went on uh, ONA and address the debate mainly because a lot of his shitty fans he's got a lot of i'm a fan but i suspect he's got a lot of just horribly <laughs> stupid fans yeah, they, i mean i i can't i can't say it i mean that, that's just I, I respect jim norton i he's one of my favorite comics of all time yeah. i i love what he does but uh, you know I, I i think he probably has a a, a segment of fans who are not they're morons. represented who, who are they're morons. They're morons. Yes.
1: They don't know. They don't, they don't know what's, what's far enough. You know, they, they go over right. that, they go over that edge where it's like, Oh, you think you're impressing somebody and you're not, it's not impressed. And it's, it's, it's not in so, good taste. It's it's not, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Right. It just doesn't work. You know, it doesn't That's work right. for what, what he's trying, the message that he's trying to get across.
2: That's exactly right. And what they were doing is they were sending Lindy horribly stupid tweets. Yeah. Like about how they're gonna, she should get raped and all this other shit. Awful, like horseshit, like things that should not happen. So Jim said, "Stop doing that." Mm -hmm. Okay, that that's about all he can do. I don't I don't know what else he could do. Then on Tuesday, Lindy West blogs on Jezebel about all all the rape comments she's getting. (laughs) In a, in a post titled, If comedy has no lady problems, why am I getting so many rape threats? Mm-hmm. And not only does she paste in, I guess, all of the rape threats or most of them, she has a video of herself reading the rape threats and says this, A suffocating deluge of violent misogyny is how American comedy fans mm-hmm. react to a woman suggesting that comedy might have a misogyny problem. Here we go. So first thing... She's not saying comedy might have a misogyny problem. She's saying it has a misogyny problem. Secondly, here's another broad generalization. She's taking, even if there's 100 rape threats, Mm -hmm. obviously that's 100 too many. It's bullshit, and no one should have to deal with that shit. However, do not take those 100 tweets or 300 or 500 and say that is american comedy fans the broad generalizations need to stop Mm -hmm. so she's well within her right to expose these idiots as she and she and she did but i I just i just again i just don't get how this furthers the conversation in an intelligent way all this does is it's all shock it's all shock value Mm -hmm. This, this adds no value to her argument. She, has, she makes a lot of good points, and everything gets muddled because now 100,000 people are going to see this video of her reading these rape tweets, and she's going to come off like a victim. And dare I say, because she's coming off like a victim or that she's playing a victim, she's trivializing real victims of sexual assault and yep. rape. I don't know. Am I going? Am I going too far? No. I, I, I. Is she? I mean, is is this is this the the right way to treat this? No.
1: She's using broad. She's using. You're right. She's using broad generalizations to trivialize something that should not be trivialized for her own benefit. That's it. That's that's it. And then once you know the 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 mirror gets turned back into her face, she's she's screaming. You know, she'll scream victim of some kind of uh, you know. Bullying online bullying or whatever and and point and say see 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 this is what I'm talking about Yeah, you're giving them the power you're giving these people that are that are morons that are that are doing Things that nobody asked them to do you're giving them the power by shining the spotlight on them Just ignore them and they'll go away But instead you have to make a big make a big stink out of it And that's just gonna continue to happen you are just poking the bear cage. It's meaningless. It goes nowhere it goes nowhere fast Oh, man. Wow, this was an interesting episode. We got on our high horses this week.
2: Yeah, this was uh, <laughs> this was something else.
1: <laughs> this was something else, eh? Acer? Hey, sir? <laughs> well, hey, don't forget about our little contest now. Get those calls in to uh, our, our, our Google voicemail. You can win a copy of Dave Anthony's latest album that comes out June 8th please get it but also uh, you know send us your little rants about good things happening in the comedy world this week and we will uh, pick a winner
2: sir what else you got anything else or do you want to get out of here that's about it I'm, I'm exhausted I'm gonna go compulsively eat <laughs> go to bed feeling horrible about myself
1: alright well tomorrow's another day sir and you know what despite what anybody says I like you I think you're cool
2: I appreciate it thank you <laughs> give the plugs man you guys, please follow us on the Twitter. We're at LaughSpin.com. Follow us on Facebook. If you want to email me, by all means do so. I'm at Dylan at LaughSpin.com.
1: Alrighty, and I'm at MastersofNone.com, my other podcast. Appreciate everybody checking that out. We will see you next week right here on the LaughSpin podcast. See y'all.